I'd like to thank again uh, Mordechai for uh, helping to organize and the Gabayim. Uh, it always astounds me, thank you, to find how time goes by between the, the spring and the uh, autumn here in this uh, venue, Memorial Day to Thanksgiving. And the Milo of the legal holiday, as just mentioned, is it gives us a chance not only to learn, but to have some machshava. It always comes about a month or change after Yom Naraim. And per the first Musr ever given to mankind, what was the first Musr given to mankind from Akash Baruch Hu directly to other Mishan? It was one word. If you remember this one word, we'll always continue to take stock. And that word is Ayeka. What do we do? What did we do? What are we doing about all the Kabbalists of the Yom Naraim? All the things we thought about during the Elah? And a day later, a week later, people have ready answers. A month, a month and a half later, it requires a little bit uh, more machshava. It's Sahara's primary weapon against a uh, person who's from, who's trying to do the right thing, is to keep him or her extremely busy. If you're busy enough, so you won't have time to think a whole lot. You won't have time necessarily to go over what those Kabbalists were. And we end up doing the same thing over and over again. And um, to quote a Yid who uh, is not yet from, he's no longer alive, Mustama the Elam Emes, his name was Albert Einstein, if you ever heard of him. <laughs> and um, he said that the taich of the word insanity is a person who does the same thing over and over again, expecting different results and doing it the same way. So if uh, you wonder why a month into the new year, after the Hasim Sadin, things look more or less the same. Perhaps it's because uh, we're doing more or less the same thing, and we need to go back and see what those suggestions were, what those Kabbalahs were, and try to capitalize on the, this day for some thought, and really move it forward. Messias Hasharim in Chalke Azahiris talks about how to figure out what to do, how to get direction. He gives his famous marshal, Lamaza Daime, Lagan Hamavucha. They had this in the time of the Sinus Hasharim. Today, uh, people pay money to go through these uh, mazes. Picture of tall trees, a shrubbery. And they set it up. A beautiful garden. Gan Hanatua Litzchaik Hayadua. For the famous game, Eitzel Hasarim, the only people that could afford it then were the uh, royalty, the dukes. Shanatias. Asuyas, Kesalim, Kesalim, you have tall hedges, Banam, Shvilim, Rabim, Nevuchim, Ravim. And you have a maze in between, and they made it high enough that nobody can really see over, even me. <laughs> and you're walking and walking, Huloyochal, Liras, Ladas, Klal, Imhu, Bishfil. Hamiti He doesn't know whether he's on the proper path or whether he's going to reach a dead end. So what do you do? So Mesir Sasham says, If somebody finished, then he's on the platform with a bird's eye view. He could see clearly the difference between the Amitim and the Kaizvim, the proper way and the dead ends. And if you just ask him, who he can give direction. He 
If you would like to trust him and believe him, he'll get to his destination. And if you want to just follow your own blind path, you'll never get there. Of course, the nimshal over here, it's a person who is uh, being blindsided by his or her Yetzirah. And interestingly enough, HaKadosh Baruch made it in the Teva, the Yetzirah is stronger than us. So then, how do you win? The answer is HaKadosh Baruch Hu also gave us instructions, gave us Chazal, gave us Rabbeim to follow, and they're looking with this bird's eye view to give us direction, even though some of it sounds like totally arbitrary. Why this way? Why that way? Fila Yeminshu is small. So the first Eitzah against the Eitzahara is number one, find the time even when it's not Yaman Naraim to make sure that you're taking stock you're looking at something you committed to writing if you didn't now's a good time and review it make additions cross out what's not working and constantly seek advice <coughs> second weapon of the eight Sahara is to convince us that even though deep down we know what the MS is but it looks too difficult so very recently in Pasha's Lech Lecha, Rashi tells us from Chazal why the tzivoy in such a long for, form in terms of breaking up the uh, steps, Lech Lecha, Lecha, and everything was broken up until Asher Areka. And Asher Areka means when you get there, you'll figure it out. I'm not telling you now. Why is Akash Baruch withholding the information? So Rashi says, La gila la aretz miyad. Rashi says, This is a big yesite. He's about to develop and he brings three or four different rayas. Tafka, Akash Baruch did not tell Abba Avinu where he was going. In order so that he should have a greater sipuk and a greater simcha when he gets there. La says, La schar al kaldiber vadiber. So Rashi says, Vilase sounds like it's two different shatim, but it's not, as we'll explain. boy, we find this a lot in Tanakh, Spinchas, Yitzchak, instead of just saying it's Yitzchak, Shem broke it down. And Rashi continues to give two other examples from Tanakh. <coughs> what is the connection between Kedelachava Beinov and Lasses Laschar called Dibur Vadibur? The answer is that they say Lahavdil in English, no pain, no gain. And pain, as we hear the word, we run the other way. Pain doesn't mean pain that's uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable as you're going through it. But if you have an inner sipakachayim and sipakanefesh, that you know what you're working toward is valuable and you know that it's eternal and it becomes a very, very light avoda to perform. And you end up enjoying it more, both Belamazeh and certainly Belamabah. So Rashi says, Akash Baruch, in order to increase schar, wanted to, on the one hand, make it challenging. I don't even know where I'm going. Just go. I'll tell you when to stop. But Rashi prefaces that by saying, this will ultimately increase the Lachavavah. This will increase the Simcha Sachayim Ba'ilamazeh. Not a very uh, sought after. Mahalach in today's day and age. Everything is instant. And if it doesn't work, the press the button. People complaining they're working on a computer that's two years old. They're banging the keyboard. This thing is so slow. And it is. It's two years old, two months old. So people, uh, nobody, nobody wants to go through the steps. Here, HaKadosh Baruch draws it out. Go come out, get there, where, we'll discuss it. And uh, I think in particular for Ardara, this is becoming a very difficult Nisayan. I remember yet as a small child that I was probably the kid in the back by the beginning of the Chalamoy trip whining, when are we going to get there before we pulled out of the driveway. With that said, nowadays I think they're asking before we even get into the car. So you just tell them, 
Kosh Baruch Hu, Bechvay Dabatzma, I said, Asher HaRekla. What difference does it make? Well, we'll get there. I'll show you. We'll, we'll discuss it. We struggle with that. We struggle with it because we don't understand that anything that's worthwhile requires tremendous amelis, and that will bring the biggest simcha. I was once told by a, uh, an attorney who was in a partnership track in uh, one of our wonderful law firms in Manhattan. New Yorkers are known for their uh, hard work. And he tells me with a smile, and he meant it. He says, Geschmack. He says, I've seen Netzacham of the sunrise over the Hudson more than anybody else. I keep my trill in there three, four times a week for years. I dive in So I complimented him on his reasons to get to the office. He says, what? Get to the office? I was there already since yesterday, overnight. He said it with a smile. I couldn't understand why he was smiling. The answer is, of course he's smiling. He told me this story about the last 10 years. He made partner already. That was the point. He understood that if he wants this goal, whether one should be in that track or not, it depends on the situation. Some people yes, some people not. But it to him, wasn't amelus. This is something that I'm doing for a prize. When am I going to get there? I share a record. Right now, enjoy the sunrise. No, he asked me once about the Bir Locha. Should you dab me a Nates? I said, it doesn't sound like you had too much of a choice. He said, yeah, yeah, but I just want to know about the other shita, about davening Nates Biachidis. But it was a, an exercise of Ava. Kosher came. We can borrow that for our, for our Ruchnius. Dibna Magid has a very interesting shot in the Pusik in Yeshaya. This Pusik is a uh, short Pusik, and uh, the Rishayim and Mepharshim here on the Daf have quite a time trying to figure out what it means. Various Pshatim. I see Karasa Yaakov, ki agata bi Yisrael. So this sounds like a taina. Kosh Baruch was saying through the Navi, Loisi Karasa Yaakov, ki agata bi Yisrael. Yagata, the Magna says means the following. He says the following mushal. There's once a gvir checking into a hotel and he told the bellhop to uh, please get his bags out of the car and bring him up to room uh, 709. And he takes the elevator up and he's waiting by the door and the guy comes out of the elevator and he's Schlepping three suitcases, buckling onto the press, schwitzing like they weigh a thousand pounds. And the Gavira tells him, Young man, uh, those aren't my suitcases. So he looks at them and he said, uh, This is the color coordination, the size, they look exactly like your suitcases. How do you know they're not your suitcases? He said, I know because my suitcases are very valuable, but they're not heavy at all. All they have is stock certificates and cash in them. And you're sitting there about to faint. They're not my suitcases. You're carrying the wrong suitcases. Dubna Magid says, Akash Baruch who came here with a taina, the reason why you're having difficulty in the Avedis Hashem, Loisi Karasa Yaakov, you're not calling out to me. You're not doing my avoda. Ki agata be Yisrael. You consider this only yigia, no simcha, no sipuk. The avoda you're carrying on your shoulders is not avoda Hashem. Not my suitcases. And as long as you look at it only as a burden or a burden at all, and you're complaining it's too heavy, not only are you not going to succeed, but you have the wrong method, the wrong recipe. Hashem says, those aren't my suitcases. They're not heavy. That's why Abba Mavina was able to go besimcha. That's why even by the Akeda, he was able to get up in the morning with Rizus and saddle it himself. Ke'ili was going to his son's chasna, not his son's shechita. If it weighs on you too much, you're worrying about it too much, you have the wrong avodah. The famous Misa with the Chaznish. Chaznish once 
told a young man who came in to complain about his Yetzirahs and his Nisyanis and his Taivas. He said, number one, understand that everybody has this. The only way to override a Taiva and a Yetzahara, this is a big aside. Don't fight it head on. Replace it with something that gives you more nachas and more sipuk. The mind, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, but that's about it. And if it's something more complicated, it's hard to focus. All our multitasking, we're not really exclusively focusing on anything. If something's bothering you and it's affecting your Avedis Hashem, whatever the Yitzhahara is, the thing that's bothering you is you think the Yitzhah has convinced us that you're missing out on something in life and you're trying to run after this covet and this simcha and this moment and this taiva. Chaznish told the young man if you replace it with a bigger simcha and a bigger cheshek for something else, it will dissipate. Same theme. If you are getting the sipuk that you're supposed to be getting from your learning, from your chesed, from your tzedakah, from your tefillah, if you get into it more, mamela, that part of the Yetzirah will fall away. And we have no resource to give up and throw in the towel. It's a battle. And the Chaznish himself was once asked to speak to somebody, Shevis Apleta, you can have no tainas on. But I remember Yaakov Galinsky is the one who told over the story. He said he brought a chaver of his he knew back from Europe after the war. The guy was shivering Kalim. And as a chavri, he tried to cheer him up and he tried to get him to move on and to get back into his Avedis Hashem. He was still from, but he just wasn't in it. And if you're not in it, it's not going to last. He said, Born to the Chaznish, and he said, I don't know, Chaznish the God of Ladar, but I, you know, for my situation, it's hopeless. He said, Just come. They walked into the Chaznish, and the Chaznish uh, offered them a seat, and he said, Did you ever learn in Yeshiva? So he said, yeah, before the war, I had a few years in yeshiva. So he said, good, let me share with you the following shayla. This shayla was a very difficult shayla, and it came to Yitzhak Ochanon in Europe. And the shayla is as follows. There was a Meisr Shahaya lady who was doing a very good business, buying low, selling high. She went to the Yerid twice a year, like many people did, and bought all the schayra, came back and sold it off slowly. And her husband was sitting and learning and she was a Aisha Schayel as in the one we sing in terms of her shipping company and her Schayel and she was doing uh, great work. One day she went with the money that she had made, profit she had made over the year to go to the next Yerid to buy the Schayel for the next season. She came to the town where the Yerid was and she was in town a half a day, and the entire sack of money was lost. She was beside herself. This is uh, the next six months of food for the family. And the whole wallet, the whole purse, the whole pocketbook is gone. Bless Breira, she came to the Rav of the city and said, Look, this might be a Bachel Can you make an announcement in Shul if anybody found... Um, a large amount of money, please bring it to the Rav, I can give Simon him. So the Rav said, look, we'll see what we can do, and she was uh, almost hysterical at this point, for good reason. And a day or two went by, and a Yid walks in to the Rav study, and he said, um, I found a large amount of money, and before you call the alleged owner in to discuss. I just want to mention, Rebbe, that I learned in yeshiva once also. Bab Metzi, everybody learned, who doesn't remember from seventh grade. And I know that the din should be, I'm not paskening, that ir sharuba akum, the person has ir already, and even if they give a simon, they don't get it back. And I just want to mention that I'm not looking for any Lufnim Meshurus Adin here. I'm as poor as a synagogue mouse. Yes, that's the way you say it. And um, I have children to marry off, and I was davening to Hashem, where am I going to get the money for this? And I'm walking down the street, and there it is. 
So, Mamish, send to my Kosh Baruch Hu, and if it's a din, I'll give it back. If it's not, I'm not interested in any chumras. That was his disclaimer. Rob says, okay, okay, no chumras. Let me call the lady in. Sits down, she gives the simonim. And then the Rav has to paskin, and he realizes, l'chera, the guy's right. And even though I know, and she knows, and you know that it's her money, but finders, keepers, losers, weepers in this case. And that's it. He didn't want to take it on his plates. He sent the shayla to Rabbi Yitzhak Ochanan. And it's a good thing he did. Rabbi Yitzhak Ochanan said, that after the simanim are given, he has to give back all the money. Why? Ev Shavuba Akum and there's Yish. Sabiza Khanan said it's true, it's Ir Shavuba Akum and there's Yish. The good news over here is, depending who you ask, good news for the lady and her family is that uh, they didn't have cell phones then, and the husband was 500 miles away, and Mashakanti Shakanabaila, and she didn't own the money, the husband did, and the husband doesn't know it's lost yet. This is a classic Yish Lamidas. How could they be Yish? Yish Lamidas, love Yish. This is why you need Rabbi Yitzhak And Mamela, Yish wasn't Chal, could be an Yish Shakula Akam, it doesn't make a difference. And therefore, you have to return the money because she can't have Yish on something that's not hers. You're probably wondering what this has to do with a depressed person who shares a plate who can't put his life back together. And that's what he was wondering. The Chaznish turned to him and he said that you have, Baruch Hashem, the Achrayas to continue. You're alive. You're basically healthy, you're young, your head's still on. And from what I understand from your friend, who is Ivanka Galinsky, you gave up three years ago and never really looked back. So I'm letting you know that Alpidin, you have no right to have Yish because it's not up to you, because it's not your Kalim, it's not your tools, it's not your talents, it's not your life. And Rabbi says that the man walked out a new person. Because this is the first time somebody told them, not just general chizik, which is always nice, but he told them, based on Hilchus Metziah, that you can't have Yish on something that doesn't belong to you. And first and foremost, that's your life and the gifts you have. It's a very important story because we have some of our greatest gedolim. I always try, whenever I'm speaking here, to at least mention David Melech once, but uh, the reason we have so much mileage from David Melech Baruch Hashem, is because the classic case, if you would vote in your class the man least likely to succeed in anything, anything, any area of life, Gashmias Ruchnias would be David Melech. It's a man who was almost killed when he was born, thrown out of the family because they thought he was a mamzer, put in the doghouse, Worked to the bone, never invited to anything, including inaugurations. <laughs> never. There wasn't a Havamina. And he grows up alone, left to his own devices in the field, watching sheep. What's going to become of such a young man? He not only became the author of Tehillim, the example, the Samuel of Bitachan Amuna. Uh, of huge stature that Sholomel, the Gemara says, explained to him based on his Siat and Psak Halocha. He taught himself how to learn, he taught himself how to daven, he taught himself how to write, he taught himself how to lead, and had every single possible disadvantage one can possibly have. And this is important because the Chazanish's concept over here is that if you're not functioning, you have to find something in your Avedis Hashem that excites you and rally behind that. And if you've long given up, you should know, you have no right to give up as long as you're still breathing. And David Melech understood that. He didn't understand why it was happening. And you'd like to think that, well, okay, a very rough start. But once he made it, Nelson Novi, he killed Goliath, 
and the rest we'd like to believe is history. He became the king's son-in-law and became an officer in the army, became a general in the army. We're all set. Because if you look at the next parak, after he became the king's son-in-law, which was not a done deal at all right away, that whole machlekes, whether it was a kedushin, it wasn't a kedushin, and then his shver tried to kill him multiple times. I always use that in my shalom bias uh, counseling to tell people it's not so bad, and they tell me it is, and I say, believe me, I have what to compare it to. And here he is. He finally came up, but he finally now is uh, not under pressure, and it lasted uh, a month or two or three. He's driven out again to the Midbar, playing hide-and-go-seek in life-and-death situations. Many of them come so close that Shaul Amalek is standing a few feet away in a dark cave. And David Amalek is davening, Maskila David, Yesim Amara. We read that capital, we don't realize he was a few feet away. Just had to turn around and take his lighter and just uh, throw some light in the situation. And David would have been dead. So everything went the other way. After it went well. It's an important thing to keep in mind because when I meet people who gave up, sometimes because they felt they never succeeded, and often they said, I don't understand. Last year I was riding high and I had everything I needed and everything went wrong. Some people tell me it was last week. Some people say it was three times since last week up and down. One guy recently complained to me that he has more ups and downs in a day than the stock market has in a century. But that was an interesting concept. And David Amel shows us again and again, even when you think it's going well, we don't know what's a setup for an Isaiah. We don't know what's good for us. We don't know what's not good for us. We don't know. We won't know till the end. In the dawn of history, that's what Cain and Hevel teach us. Hevel is, even Chava said, Hevel. How do you name a child Hevel? Hevel means nothingness. So it's Baruch HaKadosh. But we look at, like, nice guys finish last, and the Hevel's dead, Cain's alive. No. Fast forward a little bit in history. Go, like, post-mobble. Cain is completely wiped out. Not his wife was from Cain, but the, the men, family's basically gone. And Hevel automatically goes as a Gilgun to Nayach, to Sheis, Nayach, Meshe. See, look at it. Who won, who lost? Have a lost kind won. Well, look a little harder. Who won and who lost? So as you're having the ups and the downs, the purpose is to see, are you going to still remain focused and most crucial, still retain your Simcha Sachayim and the ability to move on? Avdesla says this idea. Everybody asks this kasha. Why is it that the famous story of Navi, it's a Haftarah, the Isha Shanamis comes and the creditors want to take away her children because she owes ribbis and she doesn't have a penny to her name. She comes to the Navi and uh, Alicia tells her just uh, borrow a lot of kalim and take this drop of oil you have and start pouring and keep pouring, keep pouring and just don't stop until you run out of kalim. So she does so, and she now, Lechera, has a thousand gallons of oil. Pusik says she comes back to the Novi, and she says, Rebbe, what do I do now? Although first she say, what kind of question is that? What do you do now? A very intelligent lady, if you're following the story, you had nothing, and now you keep pouring, and there's a nez nigla, and um, now you're wealthy. What do I do now? And Itak answered, you sell it off and you pay back your creditors and you live on the rest for the rest of your life. What was the question? So some of Farshim say she wanted an insight, is oil going up or down? Some, some say that, which is interesting that you're allowed to ask another whether the market's going up or down. You're holding a commodity? She's wanted to know, uh, am I supposed to sell now, later, next week? Uh, what, what's going on? Avdesla says that she understood that this was a nace, this was a gift being given to her, and it doesn't belong to her. Now, Desla gives a marshal. When you're in somebody else's house, a good friend, and you want a glass of orange juice, do you go over to the refrigerator and help yourself, or do you ask them, can I have some orange juice? So most normal people, uh, hopefully, will ask before they take something, even though it's obvious he would want to give it to you. Why is that? 
The answer is they know that it doesn't belong to them. Isha Shonamis, Sadekas that she was, understood, which I think a lot of people would miss. Yes, I borrowed the kalim. It was my oil that multiplied. It's all mine. I don't have to ask anybody's rishus. She understood this is a gift, and I have to ask the Navi who was the shliach to give me the gift. Again, the same exact theme. You can't have yish on something that's not yours. It's not your life. These aren't your gifts. These aren't your talents. They were given to you, and there's a reason why they're given to you. There's a very fascinating Medrash Rabbah. The Medrash tells about a fellow who was walking along the way and he saw two birds fighting with each other to the death. It's a Medrash in Kairach, Medrash Rabbah, Parshi Yilches. And one of them got killed. Apparently, they didn't mean it to actually get somebody hurt. They were playing, but it ended up being to the death, and they regretted it. Halach, the bird that was alive, went to Vehevi Asev. He bought a certain type of herb. Venicha Alpiv, and he put it by the mouth of the dead bird. Vechio, and the bird became alive. The fellow saw this. He said, Ooh, this is a gold mine. I just discovered the one thing that can do Tchiyas and Eisen. So what did he do? Halach Eisei Ish v'natol Eisei Ha'esev sh'nafam and atzipur v'halach lach yesam Eisem No, you have the key to life in your hand now. Hashem showed you this is what it is. Obviously, there's a great purpose here. No, who do you go? Who do you go to first? This is the base of Your parents? Grandparents, Rabbeim, Meshur Rabbeinu, David HaMelech. Where, where would you start here? Kishigil Asumo Shaltzur, when he got coming down from the north into Eretz Yisrael, Matza Ari Mushloch he saw a dead lion. He said, okay, it's a great uh, chance to try it on. Not a great idea. <laughs> uh, you guys, I see, know what's coming here. He puts the grass right by the lion's mouth. Promptly, the Ari gets up, and he eats him. Atkan is the Medrash. Again, what's the Medrash teaching us? Answer is Chacham. If you see that you're enjoying Siyat Deshmaya, you have certain Kaychus that can do for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have now a gift. Don't waste it. And certainly don't spend it on something that's going to be dangerous. Think, what do I do with this? This is for every dollar we have and for every opportunity we have to help someone. Everybody has limited time, limited assets, and even limited talents. Where are you going to spend it? Don't spend it on a lion who's not going to understand the tremendous trait of Hakaris Atayv. And don't waste it in opportunities that uh, don't have Nitzchias. A very fascinating insight into a president, not the one not the president-elect. Uh, we spoke about that, but not here. You can uh, tune into the Novi Shirin Pesei from two weeks ago. I gave a marocha on that. We're not going to get into that now. Just a disclaimer, because a few people asked me. There was a president, uh, not just in being over in Lesi Khanim either. He's not necessarily known. He is a friend of the Jews, not a friend of the Jews. Lamaisa, what's fascinating to me is uh, for not being a friend of the Jews, and I'm not here to make him popular or compliment him or insult uh, is not necessary either, but he's the only one who actually uh, gave us some respite from our southern border and the bloodshed that went on for 30, 40 years. What's his name? Who? Carter, thank you. You guys must be very young. (laughs) Jimmy Carter. (laughs) 
It meant Lishma, it didn't mean Lishma. Lamaisa, that's the only, out of all the ideas, with all our friends, that's the only thing that actually uh, worked for a while. It's still working, it's still in place. He must have had Samschus. Uh, what I find interesting, I'll read to you just an excerpt from an interview that they recently printed. It uh, means something especially to me because I knew of Admiral Rickover. You all know of him if you're old enough. He was the uh, admiral ahead of, basically running the Navy in a very strong way. And um, he was credited with being the father of the uh, American nuclear submarine. He actually didn't create it. He was a good engineer. The one who created it was actually a from person who I knew personally uh, by the name of Alvin Mikowski. Shalom, and a very great man. Amas Medatsam used to sit in the Pentagon when the meeting like, started schmoozing, and they do a lot of that in the Pentagon. Uh, he used to open his Gemara, and it wasn't on a device. It was on this big chasen and the old, you know, he used to walk with it in the halls of the Pentagon. And when the meeting got boring, which was like after a minute and a half, he just opened it and started learning, and he couldn't care less. So Amas Medatsam later lived uh, near B'nai Brak. He uh, learned with a stipler. I went to visit him in his home, and uh, I think it was Petar Tikva. I had a Shailov and um, should I make a bracha? It's probably the most brilliant scientist I'm ever going to meet. And the Shailov, do you make the bracha? Of Hutner. So Tzal has an interesting Shailov halacha, whether we go with this. He tainas that the bracha was only Masukan. It says, if you're royal, the Chacham uh, Chacham Chacham A brilliant scientist of the like. He was a brilliant scientist. He was one of ours. So with the Masak and the bracha, Hutner tainas, just an interesting aside. That the only mistake in the bracha for an akum, his whole tachas achayim is to develop and explore and use his brains to develop positive things for society, like dynamite, which was originally created just to blow up mountains to make highways, and then they misused it. And perhaps uh, nuclear power could have been used in a positive way. But he says it's only when that's the tachas achayim. For a year, the tachas achayim is Torah mitzvahs. This is what he does for a job. It's also a kiddush Hashem, which Alvin Rakowski did. It was a walking kiddush Hashem. And um, he was the brains behind it. Rickover was, uh, how do I put this delicately, was not yet from. Uh, grew up in, um, in America, went to one of the few Jews who went uh, that high. And he was known as a very, very tough, focused individual. And there was a young uh, fellow who applied to work under him in the Navy. His name was Jimmy Carter. It's the 1950s. And uh, he came in for the interview, and he was warned beforehand that the interviewer is very, very tough and somewhat, uh, I guess, when you're powerful, you're not crazy, you're eccentric, right? That's the way it goes. It's not, uh, so somewhat uh, out of the box. So he walked in, and... Um, he looked over his resume quickly, and it says um, about his hobbies, it says he likes music. So Rickover asked him, uh, what do you like about music? Nobody ever asked that question before. <coughs> so he says, I don't know, I guess it kind of makes me happy. So he said, makes you happy? Like that's your whole shifa in life? And music could be gavaldic in Avedis Hashem, but uh, I guess he highlighted it in the, uh, in the resume. Already got off to the wrong... Uh, Wrong start. Then Rickover asked him, where did you finish in your class? Carter, quoting the write-up over here, Carter was very proud of his class standing in the top 10%. Sir, I stood 59th in the class of 820. You think our yeshivas are big. 820. 59, not bad. Top 10%. Puffing his chest as he said it, he waited for the congratulations, but of course none came. Instead, Rickover asked him, did you do your best? <laughs> Carter was about to respond, yes, sir, but then he remembered who was interviewing him. He recalled several of the many times the Academy when he could have learned more about Americans allies, America's allies, their enemies, the weapons, strategy, and so forth. He finally gulped and said, no, sir, I didn't always do my best. No. He realized he better give a correct answer. Whatever happens, happens. And uh, that's what he told him. Rickover looked at Carter for a long time and then turned his chair around to end the interview 
And he asked one final question which Carter had never forgotten or been able to answer. He asked them, why not? And the interview was over. Rickover didn't wait for an answer. He began to busy himself with his paperwork. Carter sat there for a while, shaken, and then slowly stumbled out of the room. Everybody left the interview with Rickover like this. Later in his life, Jimmy Carter testified that his interview with Rickover was a turning point in his life. He said, quote, I think maybe my answering the last question honestly was what got me the job. And later, Carter published an autobiography in 1976 when he's a little known governor of Georgia, running for president. And the title of this book, you can look it up, is Why Not the Best? When asked about it, Admiral Rickover told an interviewer, and this is a big yesod, you see here the Pintalayid. You have a Messiah grow up in America in the 1930s. Uh, your parents and grandparents uh, probably still had a Messiah. He said, I didn't recruit, recruit extraordinary people. I recruited people who had extraordinary potential and I trained them. The aside over here is, is that we'd like to be the person who already got the job, has all the experience, been there, done that, and we just want to kick off our shoes. The purpose of life is to constantly raise the bar and not be satisfied with where we are. And then the only question that you have to answer to Akash Baruch Hu, not to recover Lahavdul, is did you try your best? And the only reason quite often we don't is because of this Yish factor. We're convinced by it's a her and by life's ups and downs that, yeah, it's not really going and how much can I push? And I tried this already and it didn't work. And little do we realize that 120 years is a very, very short amount of time. People have asked me, like, I'm always fighting my answer, when does this end? And I usually tell people, I hope in a very long time from now. But 120 years, that's not set in stone. You can live 125, 130. A 12-year-old boy came and asked me recently, is there any way you can't live past 120? I asked him if he had plans. And he said, no, just everybody says. I said, look, it's not likely based on the statistics, but there is no such Makar. So it's 130, 140. It's a blip on the radar. And if you understand, as the stipula did, the famous Maisa, he was in the army for a short time, the Russian army, and Siberia was extremely cold. And he was waiting to switch for guard duty, and the Russian soldier before him was nice enough. He didn't own a coat, but he, the soldier before him had a nice, warm Russian coat. It was Shabbos, and he left the coat on the branch, and he said, you know, 1201, you take over. He came, the thing was on a branch. It was an Isidur Abonon to take anything off a branch. No, an Isidur Abonon, even as Isidur it was 40 below zero. Sarkhanus Nefashis. So Stipe knew that. said, no, Sarkhanus Nefashis, I can't stand here that long in this thing. So he said, no, Sarkhanus Nefashis, absolutely no Shailah. Not Sarkhanus Nefashis the next 10 minutes. After 10 minutes went by, he said, no, another 10 minutes is not going to kill anybody. This is mind over matter. He spent the whole night 10 minutes at a time. And I saw the stapler. The reason he was hard of hearing was not because of this mice that's misquoted. It was some childhood sickness by Elena. He was a very strong man. I was sitting there with him, big and strong and deep didn't affect him. The reason he was strong is because the Kaychas HaNefesh was strong. And next time you're in an Isayan and you think, oh, I had another down day. I can't do it anymore. Just think of 10 minutes at a time. Hashem wants us one day at a time, one week at a time, a month at a time. It's only for about a century plus. That's not a long time. And Akash just wants you to be able to answer the question, did I try my best? In trying your best, this is where it gets politically a little sticky, and I'm not talking about presidents here, I'm talking about families and spouses in the next uh, Makar. You're all familiar in Parshas Vayelach. Vayikra Meishali Yeshua Vayemar Lav Leni Kal Yisrael Chazak Vayamot Ki Atos 
tavoy esa amaze el aretz hashenish b'ashem lavaisim losis lahem v'ata tanchilena asam. You all remember the Rashi here. Rashi quotes the Targum. Ata tavoy esa amaze. Arei atel im amahadein. You're going to go and take the stroll with the people. I mean, you're a leader, so somebody's got to be commander in chief. You're going with Klai Yisrael. What does that mean? Zakanim Shabadar, you have a Sanhedrin, you have Zakanim. Zakanim Shabadar, Yiyu, Imcha, they will be with you. Hakol, listen carefully, this is a Rashi that's skimmed over as a big aside here. Hakol, if he daitan va'atsasan. Your leader, you're a lot younger than the Zakanim Shabadar, make sure, okay, well, Zakanim died over 60, they were Shafer Levi. You're going to Eretz Yisrael, you're officially leader, make sure you do it with the Das and the Eitzah of the Zakanim. Which means uh, a balance of power, and um, make sure you discuss it, and make sure you follow their Eitzah. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu told Yeshua. Ata tavoy esa'am, es here means im, with. Kosh Baruch Hu disagreed. Ava Kosh Baruch Hu amali Yeshua. Separate pasuk, Hashem says directly, Yeshua, ki ata savi es bnei Yisrael el aretz asher neshbati lahem. Pasuk later, chaf gimel. What's this thing? Tavoy and tavi. So tavo es Moshe Rabbeinu said, go with them. Tavi means bring them and schlep them if you have to. This doesn't sound very American to us, which is why we have to fit our American hashkafa into Rashi, not the other way around. Tavi al karacham hakol talibach. You're the commander-in-chief. The buck stops here. Tell Makel, if necessary, take a stick, v'hach al-kad kadon, and hit them over the head. Daber achad ladar. Dabar means a spokesman, a leader, decision-maker. V'loshnei dabar ladar. Somebody's got to have the power to make decisions. Which, and again, we're tied in Yanadiyeme, we're in Thanksgiving, and... Uh, not having turkey, there's a lot to rely on not to have it. Maisha has, we were discussing in Achuk here at night. We're six hours into Ramesha Shita. He's not a very big fan of the turkey. He's a big fan for purchase now on the cheap and serving at Leil Shabbos for dinner. Um, but he's certainly into thanking Akash Baruch Hu for this wonderful Medina Shulchesed. And the fact that there is a balance of power, checks and balances in a democratic system means that if you're from and you live in this country, it's Galvaldics, the best we've ever had in 2,000 years ago. It's the absolute best. It's probably the least effective form of government because nothing ever gets done because another two years from now, he has to start planning for re-election. <laughs> so you don't really have too much time to push any agenda through. But that's fine. From where we're sitting, Hashem designed it, and for us, it's Galvaldic. Rashi brings down the Moshe Rabbeinu and Ahavamina, checks and balances, you'll be a leader, be with them, take their Eitzah. Hashem corrected the notion, he said, no, 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 you can um, discuss Eitzahs, which we'll go into in a minute, but if need be, you've got to make decisions and take a stick and hit them over the head. So, Rabbi Chana Wasserman and his Biram on Agarita asked the obvious kasha, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't going to misquote HaKosh Baruch Hu. That's one that you'd give on Imam is that the terror we have and everything Hashem said was given over exactly faithfully as Hashem said it and meant it. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest Navi ever to live, and that's part of the Yud Gimalani Imamins. So Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't saying something Hashem disagreed with. It sounds like if you read Rashi too quickly. Rabbi Hanan says Moshe Rabbeinu is telling him that you're an absolute ruler, but you have Zakanan. At least discuss it. Have another pair of eyes, look at it, have input, discuss it, gather ideas. That's what he told Yeshua Benun, assuming that Yeshua Benun would know, of course, at the end that you got to do what you think you have to do, and if they don't like it, you got to take a stick and hit them. And the Baruch Hu made clear to Yeshua Benun, make sure you don't forget the end result, and that is you have to hold that stick and get things done. Now, Bochanan says there wasn't a Machlekes. It was the question of how to start the process and how to finish the process. The reason I say this is always a sensitive part is because as we try to recharge and refocus and see what the mahalo for the new year is only a month into it, we have made, hopefully, certain decisions over Yom Naran that we wanted to implement right away, and not all of them were done. 
Sometimes it's because the list is too long and it's not possible. Often it's because we're meeting tremendous resistance. That resistance is not only from our inborn Yetzirah, it's often from the people we hold dear, the people we love, family members, a wife, a husband, parents, children, friends. And we meet resistance because we have decided in hopefully consultation with Das Teira and the Shulchan Aruch and someone of the same, that this is a good mahalach, and we want to implement it, and then people start complaining. I deal with this all the time. And people rightfully say, look, I, I'm trying to form out, and I'm trying to raise the bar in my learning, I'm trying to do this, and my wife or my husband not too happy. So they want to know, um, do I have any hetayim for Shalom Bayes? I tell them, yeah, I have lots of Atam. All my cool is usually in the Shalom Bayes department. With one caveat, and that is that if nothing is ever going in terms of raising the bar year after year, decade after decade, all because you don't want to upset the apple cart, that's not good for you, it's not good for her, it's not good for the kids, not good for anybody. You're not doing anybody a favor. Now, I'm not trying to create Shalom Bayes pumps. What I'm trying to say is that an objective third party has to be listening Sometimes people taka, are trying to climb the ladder too quickly, and sometimes the spouse has a taina, and sometimes they have a taina in terms of the fact that we understand where they're coming from, but you know what? Now we've got to change. Often I hear, well, you weren't learning so much when we got married. He says, yeah, I was a 21-year-old punk, and I didn't really learn too much then, and I was young and foolish, and therefore I should remain middle-aged and foolish, or old and foolish. What do you want me to do? So often the answer is, well, you can do whatever you want, just not on my time, which is all his free time. I'm not blaming the women. I hear this sometimes. The women want to raise the bar, and the men say, uh, we're going on vacation. And she says, not to that place. She says, why not? He says, well, let's start with the Gimel of Eris Lechamurus. After that, we'll uh, discuss the rest of the itinerary. So he said, well, I used to do that when we got married. Where's the, uh, where's the fun uh, young lady I had? We went on vacation all the time. The answer is... Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm trying to create fun for Elam Haba. I want to be sitting with you. And if we are sitting in two different sections because we didn't grow together, it's not going to be good for anyone. Now, you can't expect people to grow at the same exact pace. But this is a problem. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, you discuss, you have a committee meeting. You discuss and you try to compromise and you have an objective third party. At the end of the day, if it's seriously impeding the overall graph in terms of going up, you can lose a battle to fight a war, but you can't lose every battle under the guise of Shalom Bayis, or I don't want to make confrontation, and I'm nervous about people, and what are they going to say? Adam Isa recently, if I was of Levi Yitzchak and I had Ruch HaKadosh, I would have seen in Shemayim the Roshim had made. I was working with a young man for a while. Sometimes you just got to let it nurture, it takes a lot of patience, uh, and sometimes they just grow up. Anyway, it came a point in time, it's going on three, four years, the kid was struggling at a beautiful neshama, but had a lot of issues from the background and from the home. And um, I tried to be an optimist, but you know, it was already a few years in, and I just didn't know what to do. One fine day, not three, four weeks ago, he calls me, he says, that's it, I made up my mind, I'm going to yeshiva. I can't give you too many details, but if somebody would have told me that's it, I finally discovered the moon was really made out of cheese, I would have been less surprised. I said, what? What did what, you say? He said, I want to go to Yeshiva. Can you find me Yeshiva? So I said, uh, I, I guess so. Uh, what type of Yeshiva? Like, uh, you, can you handle an hour a day? He said, what an hour a day? Three Sadarim, no compromise. I didn't know whether, I, I verified, uh, this is Chaim, uh, I changed the name. I said, are we, uh, this is, where, where are you now? I thought maybe it was Neil Ma'emes, he was just calling down. I don't know where he was. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, he's uh, alive, he will be Achamei of Esrim. I said, you, you really want me to do this? I got to really pull a lot of strings and really push you because, so I said, well, the first thing you got to do in the next 24 hours is take a serious haircut. I mean, serious he says, it costs a lot. I said, it's not going to charge you for cutting off enough for Nazira Shimshin. It's the same $15. And I want you to go get yourself uh, some normal uniform and uh, get with the program. I figured this is a... He said, it'll be done within 24 hours. He sent me a picture afterwards. I didn't recognize the kid. 
But this doesn't usually happen this way, but I'm getting to a point. So I said, okay, I pulled some strings. I know a few Manalim and Rosh Yeshivas, and I said, look, uh, I'm not even going to tell you the story now. Just first take him, and then we'll discuss it. Uh, these are old friends of mine who I hope to retain as friends, and, um, and Baruch Hashem, so far it's working, and he said, uh, okay, uh, you just tell me, Baruch Hashem, the kid's clean. I said, yes, he's clean, he's honest, nice guy, and uh, uh, he's not bringing anything in. Fine. He went there, this is three weeks ago, the beginning of this man. He's there striking away. That's not the biggest pillow in the story. That already made Roshim and Shemayim, besides the fact that he turned his life around, and it wasn't just he had all the ideas, and he just got to wait. Sometimes things just kick in. The day he left, he went on various modes of uh, public communication and dissemination of information. Some of them begin with an F, some of them begin with, a, with an e- email, some of them begin, you know, you can figure out what they, uh, what they are. And he let all his Hundreds of friends know who are all in the same matzav. Please don't email, post, or anything. I'm going to yeshiva. I'm signing out. Goodbye. Mama Shagvurus and Evich. I couldn't believe this. That he went to yeshiva. No, you had your bets. You keep your friends. Since then, four of his friends on Facebook closed their account and went to yeshiva. What a rishim somebody can make. And I will tell you, the only person in the last four years I almost had years from the story was me. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, Akash Baruch is still running the world. <coughs> Incredible, right? He's not made right. His friends like, there's a whole tumult. What's going on? Again? But he's, as you say, he fell in his head, didn't he? If he did, he fell the right way. And he's mamish, he's mamish learning. It's not like, uh... yes, it was after a lot of hard work and a lot of soul searching. But the key component that saved him and now is making a ripple effect on all his friends is that deep down, I didn't know this, he never gave up. He was just waiting till he can gather enough courage to make the move. And you know what? When he was ready to make it, he didn't care what his friends said, what his close friends said. He didn't care what gender the friends were. He didn't, he didn't care about a thing. Now, once you're married already, you got to care, you got to discuss, you got you to gotta discuss it in front of other people sometimes. Problem is, most people, I've never, I deal with a lot of Bacham, I never saw a story like this and like this. Never in my life. That had been made such a racial on somebody else. Immediately, the moral of the story is that if you have a situation where you're looking at yourself as a leader, which you should be, that whatever you do, you've got to lead your own life, you've got to put your foot down, and you've got to hopefully daven that it'll have a positive ratio from other people. The fact that there might be some fireworks is not necessarily a reason not to do it. You just got to know how to do it, with what level of kanois, what level of speed that you need an answer for. And I often find that husbands, wives, uh, friends, parents, children, they all sort of get it to their point of life, but they're not ready to make waves because you don't want anybody to think that they're fell on the head. You don't want anybody to think that they're, they're firmer than thou. The answer is, again, it's got to be done, but it's got to be done the most pleasant way possible. But there comes a point in life that you realize that you really can't make everybody happy. Matter of fact, some people manage to become president with making 51% of the people not happy. <laughs> but you know what? He feels he has an agenda, so fine. So, ah, the, the, the answer is, if you got, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm not discussing that's not an endorsement. doesn't need an endorsement now. Um, that's not an endorsement elector of. Hashem should give matzlacha to uh, make world decisions and uh, be good to the Yidden and to this country. But there's an example where in the Gashmiyastika world, where often it's about, I'm not accusing anybody of not being lishma completely, but there's an element you can imagine of covered, maybe, a little bit. Um, there are things involved where, uh, again, covered's a driving factor. If it gets you to do good things, kavaldik. We, we all wish him a lot of matzlacha. But the fact that you're going to take on people because you decided you're going to get something good done, and that midas used in the Gashmiz Tegavelt, I think it's a wake-up wake call for us to use it in Ruchni's uh, takeaway as well. That means that we have the backbone to do it. And often we don't because we don't want to start ruffling everybody's feathers. We have a lot more to go, but I see we're out of time. I will end with one mar mokum. Turns the making a ration, maybe two small marmakamis. We'll take just two minutes. 
I saw that the Kavachayim brings down. This is Peladik for the men, especially and for the women who are encouraging their uh, husbands, husbands to be, sons, parents, friends. The learning is something you always want to increase. Every year you look to raise the bar. And the complaint I hear from people is, well, I work all day. How much learning am I doing already? Gisa, Yom Valayla, a little bit here, a little bit there. How much is it worth? And the reason we don't throw ourselves into it is we don't really think of a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half, by day, by night. How much is it worth? First of all, Talmateri connected Kulam, every second is worthwhile. Now, if you increase it by three minutes, that's Gavaldic. Kavachayim says we have a klal in Yeradeo. Kol kavur kamechsa mechsa. It's very complicated to explain, so we're not going to go into it now. But if you find a chicken on the street that's not labeled, and you have nine butcher shops in the city that are kosher and one that's treif, Technically, you can eat it whether you want to eat it or not. Some say it's a hider, some say it's kfir or not to eat it, some say there is muti machmer. Not important now, but technically, you can assume zil basaruba. That's only when here you found it on the street and it was already parish, called the parish, muba parish. If you walked into a store, to a butcher shop, and you bought it and you packaged it in a cellophane, there's no label, and you walked out, and then you start thinking, boy, I must be very tired. Where did I buy this? You win a shop, you don't remember where you bought it. Now, even if there are nine kosher ones and one tray for one, there's a cloud kokavo kamersa mersa, and it's a sabidarais lachoma, it's like 50 50, it's a kazeris akasav, and therefore it's like five and five, which means you can't eat it. Kavachayim says the cloud kokavo kamersa mersa saves anybody who's trying to learn and get other things done at the same time that he has to pay his bills. If you have a kavias, kavias means chok v'lo yavr. This is your time. And the kavias is by day and by night. The kavias, even if it's a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half, ten minutes, it takes the entire 12-hour unit, the entire day and the entire night, and it makes it kol kavur kamechsa amechsa. It's like you learn 50% of your waking hours. That's a great deal. You can learn for one hour, and you get credit like 50%. He says the kal kol kavur in Yeridea cuts across the other parts of Yeridea, hilchas a great example where we think, uh, what type of ratio should we making? The answer is you're getting 50 cents on the dollar for, five, for a nickel. Five cents. And if you keep this in mind, the biggest sign, if you pass this early in the morning, your whole day will be different. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but uh, there are many people who complain that when they get up at 5, 6, whenever the alarm goes off, they have something now called a snooze button. That's the first thing they hit. That's fine. What's not fine is when you hit it nine times, and each one is for like eight minutes. So then you've missed your Seder, your Chavusa, your Dafyemi, Shacharis. Um, one guy, I noticed, uh, he's a guy who usually comes on time. He came in like very late. I was like walking out of davening. <laughs> and he was coming in. I said, uh, you know, there's another minion. He says, no, I have a very good talent. I always finish on time, no matter when I start. <laughs> I hope he said that tongue-in-cheek, but he probably hit the snooze button a few times. So the Mechaber says, the first Mechaber in Orochayim, Yezgaber Ka'ari Lamed Bebeker Lavedes Be'er. Why in Ari? So my son told me from the museum, the Terror Museum that uh, I think is here in Bar Park, and he puts out interesting footage about the animals, one of the only kosher videos you can watch because all the animals are sneezdik. And, uh, and it's Mamesh Gavalt's a lesson. He brings out the uh, Tanakh from it. He says, the lion is not the strongest of all the animals, contrary to popular belief. It's not the strongest, and it's not the fastest. So what's this, Gabra Kari? So the Taz brings down, take a look afterwards, the first Taz. The Taz says, the godless of a lion, which he was lotion, this is Gavaldig. You don't have to be the fastest, you don't have to be the strongest. The cheetah's faster. I once uh, saw a picture, my son said he saw a whole film about it, where a lion attacked an elephant. I'm a sugar. He attacked an elephant. And he, they have a picture, he's riding around the elephant. He doesn't know what to do. He attacked the elephant. Now what? <laughs> you can't even get the claws in. But he attacked an elephant. The means of a lion is it's not scared of anybody. The reason it's king is because it knows how to make decision and put policy through. And if it's the right thing to do, you do it, even though sometimes on paper it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and you might get flack, serious flack. See, Eskaber Ka'ari, you have a day coming, the alarm goes off. Why do we hit the snooze button? Often we pull the cover over our head, Kilo, that's going to do something. 
Why do we do that? The answer is, as soon as we, we are up, the brain works, Baruch Hashem. And you get hit with, oh no, I got to pay this supplier, and I got to argue with this guy, and now I got to face my boss again, and I got to do this. I gotta... You realize all the people you have to deal with, and all the things you have to do, all the decisions you have to make, it's easier to hit the snooze button, but it's not. You're causing yourself bigger problems. You're just delaying the inevitable. Yiskaber Kari means you don't have to be the strongest, you don't have to be the fastest, you don't have to be the smartest. You have to daven well, you have to believe in yourself, and of course you have to know it all comes from Siat Deshmaya. And you have to know that if you're brave enough to attack, you'll have Siat Deshmaya. If you know you have to get it done, and you follow through, you'll get Siat Deshmaya. If you back off because it looks daunting, and you pull the cover over your head, the day's not going to go very well. So Mitzvah Shem tomorrow morning, we'll hit the snooze button only once or twice. We won't pull the cover over our heads, and we'll attack the Ari for all the Inyane of Eres Hashem. Have a wonderful day.